Professor Simon Deacon, Director of the Centre for Business Research. Thank you very much indeed for talking to us today. Governance research, mm. it's of interest at the moment, but why? Just because mm. things are going wrong? Well, partly that, but, but also there's a, a realisation now that markets need governance and markets need regulation in order to work. So there's not a straightforward conflict between the market and governance. The market needs governance and we have to get governance right. So this is a, 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 a perception I think that many social scientists now have and also policy makers. If we want to make a market economy work, if we want to have sustainable companies, a competitive economy, we need, we need to think about governance. Governance means partly regulation, partly law, but also self-regulation by industry. How does that work? How does that fit together with the legal system? These are critical issues. And, and if we spool back, the spotlight on governance came with the financial collapse at the end of 2008, beginning of 2009, that people just felt the systems weren't up to, to purpose and let us down. Are we still, if you like, living that legacy of that period? Well, the debate about governance goes back a little bit further. Cor corporate governance began in a, as a response to an earlier set of crises in the 1990s, financial crises, in, in actually the last major recession that we had. So economic crisis, financial crisis, does make people think hard about governance systems. But in the early 90s, the response to the financial crisis then was to say that the answer was essentially to continue with the wave of privatisation and deregulation which had begun in the 1980s. But in a world where government did less, shareholders should do more to hold corporate managers to account. So the corporate governance framework of the 1990s and, and the 2000s was one which tried to harness the, the forces of the market, in particular the capital market, with self-regulation by industry to produce good results. Now, that particular model has probably exhausted its possibilities. I think the idea that shareholders will perform this monitoring role and that the capital market will work efficiently to allocate resources, that set of ideas basically failed in 2007-2008 in the financial crisis because the financial crisis not only wasn't prevented by, by shareholder monitoring, there's quite a lot of evidence that an excessive focus on short-term shareholder returns was responsible for aspects of the financial crisis. So we need to move beyond that. We need to think about a new paradigm for governance after the crisis. OK, now we're sitting here at your Centre for Business Research. What areas of governance would the Centre for Business Research like to look into in the future? You talked about shareholder, a value we had, James uh, Murdoch censored by some of the non-family shareholders this week, but he's still in position. Do these structures need strengthening? So I think the, the, the really critical issue is whether institutional investors and other shareholders can support investment in the kind of long-term projects which are needed to promote a competitive economy and a sustainable economy. So this means pension funds in particular thinking about their contribution to complex long-term projects which involve innovation, which are risky, which involve sunk costs, high setup costs, but which are vital for the long-term competitiveness of the UK economy and other economies, but also for long-term sustainability. Can we set up an investment regime that enables long-term risks to the environment and social risks to be internalised and factored into these decisions? That's a critical issue. And can we? Yes, absolutely. There, there are many things we can do to create an investment climate that would, would make this possible. 
we need to think carefully about company law and also about aspects of tax law. We need to think about the way pension funds are structured and governed. We need to think about the role of boards of directors and also about the role of employee voice and the voice of other stakeholders in corporate decision-making. We need to look at how other countries do this. We need to look closely at uh, continental Europe, in particular Germany, but also Japan, which has a corporate governance system which is very different from ours, but which has arguably produced better results greater competitiveness, far more successful manufacturing innovation in Japan than in the UK. We also need to think about the strengths and weaknesses of the American model. After all, American corporate governance has made its contribution to Silicon Valley, the financing of venture capital. These are all things we need to think very carefully about going forward. And that regulatory framework, people sort of, you know, put a towel over their head when you mention regulation, mm. particularly, you know, when it's going across all sectors, mm. it also has to be global in nature and, mm. and stand up in, in other uh, legal systems. Do you think perhaps governments just scratch their heads and abdicate responsibility because it's such a tough thing to tackle? Well, there's no such thing as no regulation. Okay, so sometimes we say government must intervene or the legal system must do something. There's no situation in a modern market economy where there isn't some regulation. Okay, the legal system provides a basic framework of property rights and contract rights for markets to function. The state or the legislature has to regulate to deal with externalities and market failures which arise spontaneously within markets. If we don't do that, markets won't work. So there's no... There's no such thing as a scenario where there's no regulation to be had. The issue always is, can we regulate effectively and properly? So that means identifying what regulation by government can do, but what self-regulation by industry can also do. It also means thinking about the link between government action and self-regulation and the constitutionality of self-regulation and the legitimacy of self-regulation by industry in a situation where much of what industry does produces costs and benefits for third parties should their voice be factored into industry self-regulation. So this is partly about efficiency, but also about the political legitimacy of regulation and governance. If we don't get this right, then there will be serious regulatory failures, which mean that the public or collective goods on which we all depend for markets to function just won't work. So markets won't deliver what we need them to deliver if we don't have the right regulatory framework. So just let's recap on this. We haven't had too much regulation or regulatory framework. There's no such thing as too much regulation. regulation oh, come on. Regulation isn't something you can measure or quantify in, in that sense. Now, Business is always saying yeah. it's a burden. This is what the Conservatives right. are now campaigning on as a government, that they're going to reduce unnecessary regulation. So the, it could be that for a particular firm there's too much regulation. Okay, But in the system as a whole, if you're deregulating one area, you're just really redistributing the regulatory burden onto somebody else. Okay, So if we say firms are regulated too intensively in the labour market and there needs to be deregulation of employment law, the, the burden of that deregulation will fall upon third parties, maybe other firms, maybe workers who are not receiving skills training, maybe consumers who are affected by deregulation of product markets. So there's no such thing as reducing the overall burden of regulation. Now, the distribution of that burden, that, that's a critical issue, of course. The issue for government and the issue for, for us is what overall mix of regulation and self-regulation will work for the economy, what will work in everybody's interests. That's the critical issue. And institutional design, that's a phrase that you use here on the sixth floor at the Centre for Business Research. But institutional design will improve social and economic well-being. Can we actually quantify the outcomes 
from regulation. Yes, of course. It's, 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 as in any other area of social science research, we can actually measure the effects of regulatory interventions. And we can do that for, through statistical analysis and also through more qualitative fieldwork-based research. A lot of social research is about this, this, this very issue. But the, the purpose of focusing upon institutional design is to point out that many of the benefits of free markets okay, only come about because institutions have been designed in order to make it possible for the self-interest of, of, of workers, of employers, of consumers and others to be reconcilable with the overall general good. Institutions, the market is itself an institution, which is partly the consequence of deliberate design, as well as being to some extent part of, part of an evolutionary process, partly a spontaneous process. But we cannot ignore the role of conscious design of the institutions which make market economies work. That's what the phrase institutional design is about. And, and that would sort of even out inequality? Well, there's a very important issue here about how much inequality a market system can bear. For the past 30 or 40 years, most economists have been worried about there being too much equality in markets. They were worried about the effects of progressive taxation, blunting incentives. They're worried about the effects of job regulation. Okay, But we now see that a lot of deregulation, so-called actually really re-regulation of the labour market, has produced more inequality. And the results of that inequality are now to be seen in the underutilization of capacity in the economy, the waste of resources implied by unemployment and casual employment, low pay, which is not based upon investment in skills and capacity. Inequality hurts the market economy at a fundamental level. And I think many social scientists are now thinking about the costs of inequality when they think about institutional design. <laughs>